Today is Palm Sunday. Today is the day that our Lenten journey turns, turns with inevitableness to the climax of Calvary. I mean, we come now today to Jesus' last visit to Jerusalem. Now, why he did so now, we don't really know. We can't possibly truly know this. St. Matthew, as all the Gospels do, St. Matthew rarely allows us the ability to be able to understand our Savior's motives. The Gospels generally don't make those things clear. But for us, as quote-unquote modern people, the question still comes up, why? Why did he do this? And we can come up with all sorts of ideas. You know, perhaps he had come to finally to appeal to the people one more time. God's chosen people, the Hebrews, the Israelites, and wanting them to, to finally turn, to follow him, to help establish the kingdom of God. Or perhaps one of his motives was to be able to come into Jerusalem. As we know, he went into the temple after he arrived. And perhaps to appeal to the Jewish leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, the elders, everybody on the Sanhedrin, to appeal to them to finally, completely repent and follow into his kingdom in righteousness. Or maybe he came into Jerusalem just to do his usual thing that he's been doing for the past three years since he came out of the desert. Well, again, we truly don't know. The gospel doesn't make it clear. But St. Matthew does make it clear in his retelling of the life of Christ and that our Lord and Savior is the true master of all these events and all the events that follow this week. I mean, witness the man who gave the donkey and gave the colt to the disciples when they asked. He just did what the master asked him to do. Jesus himself, he knew, obviously, that it was dangerous to come into Jerusalem at this time. He had previously just predicted at least three times to his disciples that I'm going to die if I go into that city. So he knew. He knew what was going to happen. And he was willing to let it happen. One of the things that we do know, and here again is one of the glimpses that we get into his motives, we know that he came in to Jerusalem trying to show the people that he was not fomenting a nationalist movement. He was not coming in there to engage in armed conflict. His use of the ass and the colt, combined with the quotation from Zechariah 9, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. You put those two things together, 
They give us the one time that we can see perhaps into our Savior's thoughts. He was meek. He was a new kind of king. I mean, when you think back in through history, we have King Saul, the king before David. Saul was an imposing figure, and he was a military genius par excellence. Solomon, King Solomon, one of the wealthiest men that had ever lived, and absolutely filled with wisdom, both man's wisdom and also God's wisdom. We think back in the ancient world, and the throne of Byzantium was filled with all sorts of jewels that the emperor would sit upon. And even the moguls had a throne, but it was a throne filled with peacock feathers. And then, of course, down through the ages, we've also had our Hitlers and our Napoleons, those who came to dominion while waiting through the blood of innocence. Christ was meek, not like those that I just mentioned. He needed the lowly donkey. He needed the service of that unknown man that gave him the donkey and the colt. And he needed the love and the support and friendship of his disciples. He rode into Jerusalem on an animal that really was the symbol of meekness. It was not a war horse. He was escorted with palm branches, not with spears and swords. And he was hailed by the song of children as opposed to the war cry of the military cohort. And remember when he died, he died with a reed in his hand as his royal scepter. But there's a real command and the real majesty recorded in every verse of all the accounts of the passion, crucifixion, and death. He was kingly. And the root of the word king is one who is able. And our Savior, Jesus Christ, he was able. He took the low estate of humanity, life that had fallen down so low, and raised it up to the eternal throne of glory and truth. He redeemed this drab life and made it shine like kingly gold because he rules this world as light, light that makes all things seem beautiful and bountiful. And so, what we see here is we see this incredible paradox between the meekness of the king and also the majesty shown by him in his person. 
And that paradox is actually shown in the crown of thorns that he wore. We sung about that briefly in this hymn today. And as with that paradox, it's that paradox that the church has proclaimed down through the ages, singing constantly as we will sing, crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne. That is our King. That is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lamb upon his throne. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven.